Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to an all-new brand, new Russell Rhythm Show coming to you live. As always, commercial-free from my super-secret back cave. Folks, we're back, and back in the middle of greatness. How are you all doing? Man, 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 what a week. If you're new here, uh, come on in, kick your feet up, get something to drink. We are going to have a good, fun time because this is your one-stop shop for everything WWE. And I was looking earlier today and I saw that uh, I have my sixth, uh, that's right, I have my sixth anniversary coming up on uh, March 1st, and so we are going to have a uh, very special uh, anniversary edition of the show on March 9th, Saturday, March 9th, mark your calendars. We are celebrating six years. I am so stoked about this. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to formulate some ideas for that. But that's March 9th. This is now. This week in WWE. Wow. It was nuts. So, going to give you guys, as always, a bit of a roadmap to follow along. This is the good, the bad, and the ugly. Go through and you know, just share with you, you know, some things that are good, some things that are bad, and then the ugly for this week in professional wrestling and other uh, walks of life, as it were. Got the main event where I go over... I mean, I had a ton to go through this week. Raw, NXT, SmackDown. I just finished watching Vengeance Day. The press conference from uh, the uh, WrestleMania kickoff, as it were, from Las Vegas... So, a lot to get through in the main event. And then, of course, I've got some thank yous in long form. And we go from there. So, that is where we are. So, let's start off with the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, the good, of course, tomorrow is the Super Bowl coming to you live from... Las Vegas is going to be the San Francisco 49ers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. It's a rematch of uh, a few years back. And I think it's going to be a heck of a game. I really do. The bad for this week, well... Winter is gripping everywhere. Here in the Batcave uh, this week, 
it's been it's been the forties. <laughs> it's been the forties. It's been the fifties. It's, I mean, for for the cave, that's cold. I mean, that is really cold. So, really, um, really uh, looking forward to having things starting to warm back up. And the ugly, and we will get more into this in depth during the main event, but the ugly, well, it's the slap heard around the world, well, heard and seen around the world, and uh, we're going to talk about that, everything else that happened in Vegas, before we get into the main event as promised, <laughs> it's been a couple weeks, but as promised, I finally got a chance to listen to uh, portions of uh, Edge, Adam Copeland on Busted Open, and I went specifically to the YAEW segment. Now... I I want to believe Edge. I want to believe him. I I really do. He said, you know, I've got my best friend there, which he does, and Christian, Jay Resso. Uh, so he, he's got that. Um, and um, then, you know, he's saying, you know, I've, I've got a lot of, um, I've got a lot of people that I haven't faced ever in my career. And he named about 10 people and he's like, oh, there's 10 matches right there that I want to have. I'm like, okay, fair, fair enough. And then he said, well, and I want to help the younger, um, generation and I'm thinking okay those are all fair statements and not but and I still stand by my saying that ultimately I don't think that Edge is going to really like it in AEW one well the booking has been, shall we say, uh, erratic <laughs> down in AEW. Um, Tony Khan is a smart businessman, part owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, certainly, you know, you know, a major wrestling fan, but, I mean, over the last five years, I mean, you've had uh, a lot of people, myself included, wonder just what in the heck is going on with AEW. Um, there's just a lot of head-scratching, you know, moments, and so, I don't know. Uh, so that's that's the first thing is the booking. 
Second, yes, there's the 10 matches that Edge, Adam Copeland, said. But when you get done with those 10, I mean, what's next? I mean, you line up those 10 the next 10 weeks, and hey, we're all ready for you to come back to Toronto for Money in the Bank. Just saying. Next is the ratings, and look, maybe wrestlers don't care about the ratings, but across AEW, they're lucky if they're pulling 800000 a week. Now, some might say, well, that's, that's being consistent. Yes, but, not and, but, it's not growing. It's it, the audience isn't growing, and you know when um, AEW was approached by the CW to you know put uh, some of their product. I I, I think it was um, Collision on the CW, and Tony Khan turned it down. Just flatly turned it down. And I'm like, that's good money. I mean, what in the world? You're turning down money from the CW? Uh, You would have had a, you know, you would have had a base channel uh to have uh your your um you know you would have had a base channel um so uh, i i i don't know i just so edge isn't being seen by uh you know uh, at least half as many people as what he was in WWE In terms of the live crowds, I mean, we're talking about half-full arenas, three-quarter empty uh, arenas. So let's let's take a small-ish um, uh, arena, so 8,000 seats. So... You already take, you know, you already take that corner out for, or, you know, one of the ends out for, you know, the staging. So you're, you're down to, let's say, 6,000. And then three quarters is, is missing from that. And if I've done my math right, we're talking about playing to 1,500 people. 
a 6,000 seat configured, a 6,000 seat arena, and you're only playing to 1,500 people. Edge is not getting the biggest platform that he could get. Now, in fairness, in fairness, he could say, well, but I like the indie idea. I like, I dig the intimacy. Okay. You call it intimacy? I call it being virtually uh, fanless. I, I, I'm not trying to be a prick. I'm not trying to be a prick. I, I promise you. I'm not trying to be a prick. I'm just saying. If you're going to say, oh, yeah, well, we've got 6,000 seats, but we can only fill 1,500 of those, that's not good. Um, and Eric Bischoff, and I, I, I don't want to speak for the guy, obviously, got just way too much love and, and respect for everything that... Um, that's uh, Eric has has done, but um, you know when Eric was saying, you know, at what point do you say we're we're not doing live shows? At, at what point do you say we're not doing live shows? We're doing shows that we know that we can. You know, pack an arena out. We know that we've got a rabid fan base. And, you know, then if we have like a pay-per-view, then yes, we'll go out on the road. But, you know, we're not going to go from town to town to town, especially when you're only drawing 1,500 seats. I mean, again, which would you rather have? 15,000 or 1,500 seats or 15,000? Yeah, you'd want the, you'd want the latter. Finally, you know, Edge saying, well, you know, I, I really would like to work with the younger talent. Well, ask CM Punk how that worked. I mean, Punk said, I'm working with children. And Tony said nothing. He just sat there and grinned. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, stand up for your company, Matt. Again, I'm not trying to be a prick about AEW. I'm just saying the ratings are bad. The live attendance is bad. You don't have the biggest platform. You've got talent that they don't want to listen. I mean, you know, they you know, they you know, they didn't really listen to William Regal, one of the biggest names, one of the greatest um Minds in professional wrestling, they didn't really listen to him. Uh, they didn't really listen to Arn Anderson. Again, one of the greatest 
names when the greatest minds in, in the business. They didn't really listen to him. They didn't listen to CM Punk. So, <laughs> got to ask yourself, if they aren't listening to legends and to the best in the world, then how in the world do you think you're going to get through to these you know, to these guys? I just don't quite understand that. But you know, maybe, maybe, maybe he does. I you know, I don't know. Maybe he does, and maybe I, I, you know, maybe I eat my words. Uh so I don't begrudge Edge. Okay, I don't begrudge Adam Copeland for going to AEW. Um, he says. Oh, there's such a great wealth of talent there. And there is. But I've heard on social media, you know, and, and, and just, you know, in general, I've heard that the real reason was that Edge wanted to be a full-time performer in WWE. And WWE said, eh, we don't see it. Now... My guess, because he was still there at the time, my guess, that was Vince. That was Vince. I could be wrong. Could be wrong. But I'm thinking, (laughs) okay, that's funny. So, bottom line uh, about the busted open interview is... I like Edge. Don't get me wrong. I am a fan of Edge. I love Adam Copeland. I think he has a tremendous amount of talent and uh, ability. Um, I think he can still go in the ring, obviously. obviously. He's having the time of his life. I just don't want to see him regret this decision five years from now, ten years from now, and think, oh, geez, maybe I should have stayed in WWE. You know? So that's my only concern, is that he's going to regret this at some point. Uh... Finally, um, quick uh, word about the uh, announced team. Of course, uh, you've got on uh, Raw, you've got the returning Pat McAfee and Michael Cole. That is a fun, that is a fun broadcast to listen to because it's just two guys just, just, you know, just two guys just fanboying, if you will, fanboying. And and, and and it's like I don't know. It it it's relaxed, it's casual, it's it's just really cool. I really dig that. You know, I really dig that. And you could tell that they really like and respect each other. You could tell that uh, Michael Cole 
I mean, well, you you've seen when when uh, Pat McAfee's music hits. You know, he. I mean, Michael Cole just gets all sorts of excited, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> heck yeah. Um, on NXT, you've got Vic Joseph, great talent, great uh, announcer. And um, Booker T. And then, um, you know, and, you know, Booker T. And then uh, on uh, SmackDown, you've got Corey Graves and Wade Barrett and... I really listened to how they interacted with each other, and you know I'm 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 going to give this a chance. I'm going to give this a chance. Now I've heard, and I'm, I'm sure other people have heard this too. I've heard rumblings of um, bringing back like a Mauro Ronello, um, for you know for SmackDown, or for, like, you know, pay-per-views, that sort of thing. I love that. Because Mauro Ronaldo is legit. He brings a big fight feel to the presentations. He brings a sense of urgency. And I really think that this is a new era. This is a new way, way to be, if you will. Um, I really think that Morrow could thrive and, and, and prosper in this new WWE. I really do. So, I don't know if I can start hashtag on here, but hashtag, we want Morrow. Um, that, yeah. And again, I love Corey Graves. I love uh, Wade Barrett. I really do. I think that they are great. I think that if you bring in a Mauro Ronaldo, um, then you know you could put him on like like pay per views, like you know WrestleMania. I I give you I give you the four majors. Okay, you put him on <laughs> the Rumble. Put him on. Uh, at uh, WrestleMania, you put them on at SummerSlam, you put them on at Survivor Series, and that's money. That is money for Endeavor, for TKO. I really think that would be a good thing. So there's that. So we come to Kevin Egan, uh, real name of Kevin Patrick, who was first demoted from um, SmackDown, but then he was completely let go. It sucks, because I really liked where he was going. I think that he, you know, he, he was learning as he was going, um, and I think that given some time, I think he could have really been that number three 
you know, announcer. I think he could have been, you know, a great boon for SmackDown going forward. But WWE said, I'm not really entirely sure about that. No, don't get too worried about Kevin Egan because we are in the preseason for uh, MLS. MLS is uh, exclusively on Apple TV. So if you have um, the MLS pass, you're going to see Kevin Egan, you know, every every week at least once a week. So don't don't feel bad for Kevin Egan. The guy guy guy's got a good thing going. So I I you know it you know it sucks that he's not uh there WWE anymore. But you know, I I think that Kevin Egan is a great uh announcer. I you know, I really do. Right, so that's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Let's get going to the main event. And we start off with uh, Vengeance Day. Uh, Carmelo Hayes, Trick Williams versus Brown Breaker and Baron Corbin. For the Dusty Cup. Um, and Trick, I believe, is Anxie's best kept secret. I really think that he... I mean, he, he is green in the ring. But I think that Trick Williams has a potential... Or great potential, um, big uh, upside to him. I really think that he can learn, he can grow in the ring. And especially with Carmelo going up to the main roster, I think if Trick um, stayed down in NXT, I think, you know, at some point he could, he could, you know, win more championships. I mean, he was the United States, or well, not the United States, the North American, the North American uh, champion uh, for for a hot minute, as the kids say. So, I don't know. I think he's doing really amazing. It was a very chaotic match. Very, very physical. Trick, uh, there was that last spot, you know, with Trick and Carmelo and Carmelo getting hit with a spear. Um, and so your winners, the Wolf Dogs, Runbreaker, Baron Corbin, and we'll see where that goes from there. Uh, next up was Dijak versus Joe Gacy. Uh, there's just so much going on in this match. Just go watch it. Just go watch it. It is well worth your time. You know how I feel about street fights, about New Holds Barred fights. It's just been done to death. I love the concept. 
I don't like the fact that it's just been done to death. But this, this was a good one. This was a really, really good one. And there was no real good guy, if you will, in, in this match. Joe Gacy is starting to, starting to turn babyface. I don't think he's going to be like 100% babyface. I think he's going to be more of an anti-hero. But we'll see what happens with that. Uh, but Dijak does pick up the victory uh, there. Uh, next up, the family versus uh, OTM out the mud, and it was fast-paced. I am very impressed by, with OTM. I think they're a cohesive group. I think given time, they could run that place, and I really think that um, they have a great big future ahead of them. Family took care of family business, and we move on from there. Uh, next up, uh, it was supposed to be Lyra Valkyria versus Roxy Perez for the NXT Women's Championship. Um, when uh, Lyra and Roxy were being in, uh, introduced, I mean, the crowd was kind of dead. It was weird. They, they were just kind of dead. It was weird. Um, I like how Roxy is starting to go to the dark side a little. Um, I'm not saying she's going to be a complete heel. I, I look at her like she is... Bailey 2024. And what I mean by that is when Bailey started in NXT, it was, you know, huggy, you know, baby face, smiles, sunshine, rainbows, you know, all that. And then when uh, Bailey got to the main roster, then it turned into okay, this isn't working for me. I got to try something different. And she's been, I mean, if you would have told me what's been five years, if you, you know, if you would have told me five years ago that Bailey was going to be, you know, one of the best heels, I would have been like, are you nuts? I'm worried because she's not a heel. What in the heck? She's a heel. Now, we will get to Bailey later. We will get to Bailey. But for the last five years, yeah, Bailey's been really just killing it. Um So it was it was it was a good match. Um I saw bits and pieces of, of, of the match. Um Lola Vice um cashes in her uh, breakout uh, star contract um, to make it a triple threat. Uh, but uh, in the end, it was Lyra Valkyria who uh, 
came through and is still your NXT Women's Champion. Moving on, Obafemi uh, versus Dragon Lee. Obafemi is green, but he's scary. I mean, he is a scary dude. I mean, uh, I, I, I think he is... You know, if 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 yo, you know, pardon my my saying, and I'm going to use, you know, the moniker that um, that uh, Brock had. But yeah, I I think he is on that level of being the future of WWE. Um, Dragon Lee is is good. He's exciting to watch. He is high-flying. But WWE needs to stop saying, oh, this is the next Rey Mysterio. Oh, this is the future of Lucha Libre. They've done that to so many people. It's not fair. I mean, they did that to uh, Mexican House Party they did that to, um, you know, to Sinkara. I mean, there's only one Rey Mysterio, you know, there's only one Rey Mysterio, and I just, I don't, yeah, there's only one Rey Mysterio. Um, but Dragon Lee, yeah, I, I, I think he he's got a good, solid... Future uh, there. Um, finally, got to Ilya uh, Dragunov versus Rick Williams for the NXT Championship. Uh, there was a ton of blood. Uh, looked like um, Trick was bleeding from the mouth. Um, looked like um, uh, Ilya had a broken nose. If you've had a broken nose, you know. You know how that is. You can't breathe. Uh, it, you know, it's painful. Uh, especially, I mean, I, I've broken my nose. Um, and, I mean, I. It, it's barely noticeable now. But, yeah, I mean, I, you know, <laughs> you can tell where, you know, I had stitches, you know, on, on the bridge of my nose. That was not fun. <laughs> that was not fun. Um, but um, there's that. Uh, Ilya Dragunov, um, so intense. Just going 100 miles an hour through the whole match. I mean, it was really impressive to watch. Uh, Carmelo has... Has that look in his eyes, kind of like, oh, yay, I'm rooting for you, Trick. Hey, I guess I'm rooting for you. And I'm like, okay, uh, we'll get to that during uh, NXT. Um, now, I, I said that Trick is NXT's best kept secret, which he is. But you also can ask the same 
or you can also ask the question, and I, you know, I, so I, I think this is two things can be true. He is the best kept secret of NXT, and he's so green. Is he really ready? Because Ilya dominated that match. There were flashes of, of brilliance from Trick. If you watch that match, Ilya had like 80% of, of that match, you know, going for him offensively. Um, just, yeah. Uh, they had a really nasty Uranagi uh, bouncing off of um, the apron. Looked like, um, you know, looked like they slipped uh, on the Uranagi. Um, it was a heck of a match. It was a shame that Carmelo, um, attacked Trick after the match, completing his, uh, being back as, as a heel. So, uh, there's that, uh, Raw, uh, Seth freaking Rollins, a.k.a. Colby, um, and, uh, he, you know, so Colby opens the show, he brings Cody Rhodes out, uh, sounded like Colby wanted to avenge his losses to Cody Rhodes, um, Drew comes out and says, no, Cody, you need to finish your story. I have this championship that I need to win because, well, Drew's got his own story. He won the WWE Universal Championship at WrestleMania four years ago in front of no fans. It was weird. The very next year, had the opportunity to go in uh, proper. First one up. First one up. Night one. First match. Um, in Tampa. And, of course, we know that he lost to uh, Bobby Lashley. So, um, and for four years, um, Drew has been trying to climb back up that mountain so he could get his WrestleMania moment, so he could lift up that title and say, hey, I did it. And by golly, I, I think if it does come between uh, you know, Drew and uh, Seth, Colby, I, I'm not, I, I, I know nothing. But I I have a suspicion they're going to say, all right, Drew, take take the reins. Uh, Drew is heel-ish. Um, I mean, he'll he'll get you he'll get you right there to that edge of like, oh, he's you know he's still a good guy, and then he says something that's cutting or he delivers a low blow and it's like, oh, okay, this is why you're a heel. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Phil four-way tag. 
Um, it was a car crash, but DIY uh, advanced to uh, SmackDown. Um, and uh, so there's that. Uh, Becky versus Shayna. It was very smooth. Becky wins. Uh, Rhea comes out. And she wants Nia. Nia just squashes Rhea. You know, she just, it's like, fine. And she does the, you know, she does the, you know, the bonsai drop. Not called the bonsai drop, you know, but for all intents and purposes, did the bonsai drop. Um, a la her cousin, uh, Yoko. And man, that is impressive. Um, so, uh, can't wait to see if those two, uh, mix it up at WrestleMania. Um, uh, Gunther Walter, uh, celebrates 600 days being the, uh, the Intercontinental Champion. Jay interrupts, no, Jay Uso, uh, interrupts. You have the women's tag match. Um, great action there, but the right you know thing happened. The Kabuki Warriors of Kyrie Sane and Asuka retain against K two, and so I really think that was the right answer. Uh, you know, as uh, the Kabuki Warriors beat K two, aka Casey Kanzaro, K- Katana Chance, and Caden. Carter, so there's that, uh, and then Shinsuke versus Cody in that bull rope match. That was a heck of a match. Cody wins. Um, and you see, uh, Carmelo uh, Hayes comes out, and you think he's going to explain his actions, uh, but then you know he he's like, nope. Not going to do it. <laughs> um, Wolf Dogs uh, celebrates uh, winning the Dusty Cup. Uh, you have uh, Blake and Anolfe versus Axiom and uh, Nathan Fraser. It was very fast-paced. Um, and uh, Axiom and Fraser uh, win. Uh, Ilya uh, wants answers. Uh, Lexus King versus Riley Osborne. Uh, I've never seen Riley uh, Osborne, but apparently he is a new uh, student, if you will, <laughs> of Chase U. And uh, it was a short match. Lexus wins. Now Carmelo talks. He says, No, I was the one that attacked Trick all those months ago. And he did it because Trick got a little bit too big for his britches. And I'm like, okay. I see ya. I see ya. Um, yeah, the Lola um, Vice versus Roxy. Roxy wins. Um, and then uh, Ilya uh, versus Dijak. It was very physical. Ilya wins. That match. Uh, uh, the uh, distraction from 
Joe Gacy underneath the ring. So there's that. Uh, finally, SmackDown, uh, Hunter runs down the rock. I mean, Paul Levesque just absolutely rammed down saying, you know, it doesn't matter what you want. Uh, you know, I'm the one that's in charge. Uh, and, you know, just throwing out all these catchphrases. I'm like, oh, I see you working, man. I see you working. Um, so, um, the Elimination Chamber uh, is going to is going to uh, determine the uh, number one contender for the World Heavyweight Championship. First up, I had uh, AJ Styles versus Drew McIntyre. was very physical. Looks like Drew uh, tweaked his knee. I have no information on that. Um, but it looked like he did tweak his knee. Um... Uh, L.A. Knight was out there scouting, and apparently there is some animosity between uh, A.J. Styles and L.A. Knight. It'll be interesting to see what the story is there. Uh, Bianca versus Mia Yim Meechan, uh, and... Uh, Mia was in control most of the match. I mean, she looked really good. She looked like the Mia Yim that was like, oh my gosh, she's like top five, top 10, top 20, uh, you know, in, in the world in terms of women's wrestling. Um, but she just couldn't get over that hump. And that's that's the thing that I'm really upset with WWE about is, look, I know that not everybody can be on top, but it feels like they've never really known what to do with Mia Yim. So, if I'm Mia, and I don't know, I don't know, but if I'm Mia Yim, I'm saying, at the end of my contract, I'm I'm leaving. I'm going to AEW. I'm going back to TNA because they know how to book her. Just Just saying. Um, Bailey comes out, and she had a good first baby face promo. First one in five years. Um, now this is not the huggy Bailey. Okay, I don't know if we're gonna have the huggy Bailey, but she she flipped it. She wasn't like, you know, in in your face. You know, um. She she kind of channeled the old Bailey, you know. She was, you know, kind of like, you know, underdog-ish. She was, um, like, um, ah, shucks. I, I was trying to, to, to do, you know, and sacrifice so much for, for, um, damage control, but... I was always being um, overlooked, and and then Dakota Kai comes out, um, and 
You know, she's like, I'm on your side, I'm on your side. And the rest of Damage Control comes out and um, Dakota Kai chased them down with a steel chair. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Um, British Strong Style. So, Tyler Bate and the newly re- christened Pete Dunn versus DIY man oh man that is I mean pfft. you had a this is awesome chant going I mean that was sick that match made me believe in tag team wrestling again it really did go watch it it, it, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to say this right, I'm going to call this right now. This was not the match of the year, but it was a match of the year candidate. Go watch it. Go watch British Strong Style versus DIY. Oh, chef's kiss. It was amazing. It was very smooth, nonstop action. DIY hasn't missed a beat. Uh, you know, since being together. Um, the big strong boy, Tyler Bate, I mean, had um, one member of DIY on his shoulders for an airplane spin and then um, grabbed the other for, you know, for his swing. I mean, how Tyler Bate, I mean, that... He's got freaky strength. Big, strong boy. Good Lord. Uh, love it. Um, so, uh, Randy Orton versus Sami Zayn. It was an awesome uh, match. Um, <laughs> it was an awesome uh, catapult um, somersault. Uh, back in into the ring, so Sammy was going for a dive, had to adjust on the fly, and then just flip back off the ropes. It was oh, that was that was that was that was nice. That was nice. Um, Sammy Zayn taking it to the Viper. Orton um, has the best power slam in the business. And um, finally, uh, one with a uh, RKO out of nowhere. So um, that's uh, that. So uh, Randy Orton has qualified for the Elimination Chamber. They're trying to set up a story about Sami Zayn. Um, we'll see what happens with that. We'll, we'll see what happens with that one. Um, and then uh, last thing I'm going to talk about is the WrestleMania kickoff. Uh, I love the name drops. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, they, 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 they mentioned... Um, 
know, they mentioned Sasha Banks. They mentioned uh, AJ Lee. They mentioned um, Edge. They mentioned, um, you know, all these, you know, people. Um, I really dug that. Um, I thought it was interesting, though, with the pre-show where uh, you had Pat McAfee, you had uh, CM Punk, and, oh man, this was, this was good for my soul. I saw um, Big E standing up and looking good, and I'm like, oh man, I'm, I'm just glad that you're standing up. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that you're just able to, to, to move around one, like, a fraction of an inch. And, I mean, he could have been paralyzed. And it, it's not Rich Holland's fault. I think it, you know, accidents just happen. Um, but Biggie, man, he looked good. He looked good. He, he, he was positive, positive vibes, really dug that whole thing. Um, and, uh, Michael Cole, I, I believe it was Michael Cole, um, was saying, uh, to, um, Pat McAfee, and Pat McAfee is undefeated at WrestleMania, I'm like, <laughs> so they've completely erased Vince from that whole scenario, cool. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, Bianca is confident, and man, that's awesome. Love, I dig the confidence. I dig the, you know, you know I dig that I'm not backing down from anybody. Um, so, yeah, see, see what happens. Um, the, uh, crowd in Vegas is just fire. I mean, th how that place, the T-Mobile arena was packed and I mean, they were raucous and it was, it was really awesome to see. Uh, Rhea Ripley came out. She's a Bad A woman. Uh, she is just a bad A woman. Uh, Becky comes out with all sorts of piss and vinegar. Uh, she, she's she got a chip on her shoulder. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, I dig Seth freaking Rollins, a.k.a. Colby's. Green suit that was sharp, that was dope. I I I was like, okay, all right, that's that. That was just dope. Um, shots fired at Roman. That ending with the slap heard around the world. Um, you know, uh, uh, Cody Roman Rock. Oh, going, you know, back and forth with each other. Rock slapping Cody. Um, so, 
I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, Rock... Um, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what, what Rock's going to do. But anyway, that is on the show. Uh, big thank you to everybody um, listens to the show. Um, big shout out to the ladies of Queen's Takeover podcast. Celebrated uh, their fourth uh, anniversary this past week, um, or this week, I should say. So very big ups to, uh, those ladies. I'm efforting to try to get, um, people, uh, booked onto the show. So got some, got some people, um, that I'm trying to get lined up to be on the show, uh, down the road. But, um, this is it for me. So, until I see you guys next week, this is Russell Wortham. And just like the Beatles sang all those many years ago, and big, 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 big historic uh, uh, moment of time, and this snuck up on me, saw uh, this morning that yesterday was the 60th anniversary, 660, the 60th anniversary of the Beatles premiering on the Ed Sullivan Show. Started Beatlemania was 60 years ago yesterday, so just like the Beatles sang all those many years ago, love is all you need. I will talk to you guys next week.